Welcome to Cover to Cover, a podcast featuring musical conversations about an album or song which has changed and enhanced someone's life. I'm your host, songwriter Matt Tarkin. Thanks for joining us today. It's great to be back after a better part of a year away, but here we are in late 2023, and I'm looking forward to sharing more music chats as time goes on. We humans connect with the presence of music in our own unique way. As an artist, a concert goer, through our headphones, or as something that simply lives in our everyday background. Our guest today is one Johnny Swift. Johnny is a Cumbria, UK-based artist who writes, performs, and releases music under his own name, and since 2020 has released three albums, Dalton Days, Story of Luna, and Calamara, via local independent label Sea House Records. Johnny has received national and international radio play and exposure from BBC Six Music, BBC London, BBC Introducing, Amazing Radio, as well as independent radio stations. Johnny has an upcoming single that will be out on the 17th of November of 2023. Again, it's on Seahouse Records. You can look that up. It's available on all digital platforms as well. Uh, with strong influence by the Vaseline's The Wake, as well as a more modern indie acts such as The Cribs, this perfect slice of pop that is, she said, is perfect for both daytime radio as well as indie-specific shows and playlists. This will be on a forthcoming record entitled An Awesome Dream, and that is going to be released on the 1st of December 2023, again on Seahouse Records. It was recorded and mixed and mastered by Matt Castle at Digital Man Recording Studio in Barrow, Cumbria. For our conversation today, we are going to be discussing the debut album by Wild Nothing called Gemini. Gemini was released on May 25th, 2010 on Brooklyn, New York's Capture Tracks. Wild Nothing is the brainchild of Blacksburg, Virginia's Jack Tatum and a mainstay of the group since its inception back in 2009. So without further ado, let's meet today's guest, Johnny, it is so wonderful to have you here on Cover to Cover. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Matt. I am glad to be joining you. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. So I'm, I'm really excited to be talking about Wild Nothing with you, how uh, it's inspired you in you know any given way that it has, um, and potentially how it's influenced your own songcraft. So um, what, uh, what compelled you to choose this particular record? Uh, the debut offering from Wild Nothing. Yeah, so basically it goes back to like the early 2000s, you know, 2010, like you said, it was released. And um, I kind of heard this album through a friend and he was play, played it to me. He said, you know, I think really think you'll like this band from, from America and this album. Um, and basically I just became totally obsessed um, with this, this album uh, in every single way. And it, Around that time, there was like I was in a band. Um, I was in a couple of bands, but um, like all the people in in the band really loved this particular album, this particular sounds, this particular artist. And um, we ended the band I was in. We supported Jack. Well, supported Wild Nothing a few times in when they came when they came to tour England around that time and we supported their band a few times at venues in Manchester. But in terms of the album itself, I just think it's like a 10 out of 10 album. Do you know, we all have those albums in our life where um, we can't really explain the impact sometimes, but you know, we all have those albums where it's 10 out of what you'd say, like a 10 out of 10 sort of 
classic albums, but this one in particular, it's kind of not really. It had good reviews and everything, but a lot of a lot of people, even in the industry, have not really heard of Wild Nothing or this particular track. They were kind of like still are kind of underground. Um, but I just love everything about it, basically, especially the, the production. First of all, I mean, he recorded it the first album uh, by himself, like in his bedroom or his house. You know, um, people say like lo-fi, dream pop. There's a lot of sort of synonymous words associated with that first album. Um, but yeah, the production itself is brilliant. It's like large snare sound. The guitars and the vocals are like full of reverb and delay. And it's just like, it's really warm pop music. It's kind of got a bit of 80s vibe in there. Um, the song, you know, it's not taking anything away from the songs as well. It's the actual tracks are really well crafted, really catchy, you know, from just from start to finish. The first few tracks, are, the first track, Living Dreams, um, and the second track, Summer Holiday. I mean, every time I hear that now, it just takes me back to that time in my life. Uh, my first daughter had been born. I was living in Manchester. Um, I was, like, in loads of bands. And I don't know, it's just... It just one of those albums, like every time I hear it, it takes me back to a certain place in my life. And um, I listened to it today for the first time in quite a while. And it still had the same impact on me um, all these years later. Um, you know, and it doesn't sound outdated. A lot of music you hear after a long while sound outdated. Um, maybe sort of only reflects the time it's in but I don't know it just it still sounds fresh and exciting to me um and yeah uh, since then Wild Nothing or Jack has gone um a bit more I, I got into some of his other stuff um but for me um nothing beats that first album really that that um they did or he did for this particular album i know it's a very kind of solo album um you can maybe can tell that as well if you listen to the first album and listen to following albums he he definitely went more i think he started writing with uh, more of his band members and he was using more of his band members further along the line in his career but this this first album is very much like bedroom daydream pop it's you can tell you can tell because of the drums as well. If you listen to the drums, not the band, the the drums on the album, um, it's very sort of. Um, you can tell it's. If you listen carefully, it's like a processed drum sound. So it's like it's done on maybe Fruity Loops or a pro drum program. Um, you know, kind of artificial, which I kind of like in a way. It sounds a bit. It just gives it that kind of special naivety. Um, I can't really put my finger on it. It's one of them. Um, but you can tell it's kind of like him doing everything. Um, I think he, he started out, like you said, in Virginia, I think it was. And then um, he based himself in New York for a few years. And then I think he went over to um, LA for a bit. But from what I've read, he's just got a new album out recently, and he's—I think he's gone back to Virginia. I think he's had a child, like we all do. Oh yeah, I think we—I read about the album called Hold, 
that I think it came out in late October. Yeah, I was, I've been listening to it last few weeks. It's it's cool. It's yeah, there's certain elements of it. I mean, like the guitar production in particular. If you listen to Gemini, it's got such a nice guitar sound. Um, in terms of like how just warm warm it sounds and. It's got that nice reverb and it's got that classic kind of, I'd say like classic indie guitar sound. You know, I associate with kind of like quite a lot of bands from England, you know, like um, Smiths and Stone Roses. And yeah, it's got that, it's just got that classic chimey. I mean, R.E.M. as well, they've got that kind of vibe. Um, but on, on Gemini, yeah, his, his guitar sound that he uses is brilliant. He's got that going on a bit. On this latest one, the latest one's um, quite more kind of produced. There's a lot of more synth going on, but yeah, it's still, it's still got the wild nothing um, vibe, definitely. I love it. This feels like a good segue into talking about. Uh, we we can do as our program suggests and literally go cover to cover, song by song, or we could pick out your absolute favorite tracks on Gemini. How would you like to start? We can we can choose um, choose our favorite tracks if you want. So yeah, I mean, looking at the album, I gave it a listen again today, and the first two tracks, I mean, "Living Dreams," is track one, and um, yeah, the lyrics on that um, are re- really cool. I mean, it's got it's got that kind of production where you have to listen quite hard. The the, the vocals are quite low in the mix, um, getting all geeky and about production here. But um, yeah, the guitar, uh, the vocals are quite low in the mix. You have to kind of concentrate hard to listen to the lyrics. Um, but the, yeah, the chorus is like these lips won't last forever, and that's exactly why I'd rather live in dreams. I'd rather die. It's just, just kind of like sort of indie romantic kind of lyrics. It's like, okay, what's that about? Yeah, um, that's track one. It's it's a really cool cool track. But to me, like the second track. It's just like phenomenal. It's called Summer Holiday. And it's just like, it's just the perfect indie pop song for me. It's got like a really fuzzy, like the bass is quite high in the mix and the guitars are quite fuzzy. And it's just got this like uh, dreaminess, just pure dream pop um, indie sound. I can't describe it. It's just every time I hear that song, I never, never ever get bored of it. And for me, if you can write a song and produce a song of where you never get bored of it, I mean, yeah, it's something special. Yeah, you mentioned Stone Roses as, you know, kind of an influential band, if you will, and in, in describing those guitar tones. Something I something I picked up on, on this particular song, Summer Holiday, there's like a certain vocal pacing that kind of reminded me of Bell and Sebastian's If You're Feeling Sinister and... Uh, yeah, a little bit of camera obscura it seems it, like kind of circa underachievers. Please try harder. I don't know. I mean, from from a production point of view, that's a definitely standout track for me as well. Yeah, on that summer holiday, like the backing vocals are quite. I won't try and replicate it, but it's quite high pitched. The vocal, their backing vocals, it almost sounds like a female backing vocalist. And I know someone who, one of my close friends is, I think he asked Jack once about about the backing vocals, saying it was a female. And it's not, it's just him singing quite high-pitched. Um, but yeah, that track two, Some Holiday for me, is like the 
archetypal kind of wild nothing song from that era. Um, and yeah, looking at the rest of the album, it kind of it does have a lot of dynamic. You've got drifter and pessimist, which kind of take it down a little bit more slower. You've got pessimist has kind of got uh, this kind of like um, don't know like kind of sleazy Iggy Pop kind of vibe or something. Um, cure, cure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all those that, like I said, it was in eighties indie, like some of my favorite bands, you know, the Cure and the Smiths and sort of Talking Heads. I know they're a bit different, but I love all that kind of eighties indie. That's my era. Um, but you can hear those kind of influence on influences on these these songs on this album, um, oh, definitely. There's a great lyric and pessimist here. Box up all your things with tape. Write your address. Hope it won't be late. Can I still be your pessimist? Yeah, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I said, the the, the production of it, kind of like um, I think in pessimist, you use just like these kind of like chimes or something. It's like synthy sounds, and it just all creates this kind of this overall sonic kind of bubble, if you will, of kind of like definitely had a kind of idea of what he wanted to sound like and used what he had to, to create this thing. Um, like I said, a lot, like I was living in Manchester at the time and a lot of people really dug this 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 record big time. He got good crowds as well when he came and played and um, I don't know, maybe it connected with that certain Northern English kind of um, sort of musical heritage if you will yeah there's a there's another group here in the u.s it's been around for a few decades the ocean blue i wonder if there's right. a, any some any kind of like influence as well they're they're Pencil, they're a pennsylvania group but they they were uh they were characterized as, as certainly being of like the ilk of the smiths and i wonder if that kind of made its way into his palette who in the world the knows ocean but blue. the ocean blue all right not heard of them yeah Worth, yeah. Listen. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going back yeah. to the album, yeah, you've got, you've got. It's a perfect. I mean, my type of albums. I I love albums which are, have a lot of dynamic. You know, in terms of you've got your fast songs, you've got your slow songs, um, you you've got a bit of variety in there. Um, and look looking at the album, it has that, that kind of um, that dynamic. You know, um. Board games in Chinatown, another couple of big songs for me as well, um, as well as the last song Gemini. It, it just, yeah, yeah, it's just a really, really great album. Yeah, board games like kind of jagged yet. There's droney kind of synth textures happening, and there's just this, there's this beautiful yearning by Jack in all of these songs, and it's. This record feels like it's just, I don't know, it's sequenced so perfectly. Yeah, it's great, you know, and like I said, going back to that whole um naivety of like a lot of a lot of great bands I love. Um, their debut albums are just really great. I think some something about a debut album that's really spe really special where it's maybe all this bent up kind of frustration and energy or creativity they've built up in the formative periods and release the first album and it's kind of like you know I, I don't know there's quite a lot of bands 
quite a lot of bands like that. And there's some other bands which go the opposite way and better as they go along. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, we're talking with uh, Johnny Swift here on Cover to Cover with Bad Tucker, talking about a band from Blacksburg, Virginia called Wild Nothing and their debut record called Gemini. Um, Johnny, thinking of, you know, just a couple other questions here. Um, you know, how does this, I guess, how does this record continue to inspire you? Is it in any way, um, is it informing your own catalog right now? Is uh is this uh, you know, forthcoming single that you have and uh, an album coming out, which um, it, is, is this record in any way, shape or form inspiring what you, uh, you have coming out soon? I'd say so. Definitely. I mean, since kind of um, when I first heard this album, you know, 2010, um, it was kind of like a bit of a wow moment. Like this is the sort of music I would love this is the sort of music I need to be writing myself because um, I've been writing songs for maybe 15 years. Um, when I heard this, it was kind of like, this is perfect. This is exactly the sort of music I want to be writing. This is exactly the sort of production like I would love on my own, one of my own records, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd say it still stays with me, the influence, of, influence on me, not just the songwriting style, but the... Like again, going back to the production thing, it's such a such a big thing when you you kind of recording music. It's like how you want it to sound, and you know, I've had I've had songs of mine on my previous albums. There's one called Tell a Story, which was on my second album, and I went for that kind of that whole vibe where it's kind of chimey guitars and um, you know, kind of very reverby and. Yeah, this next single I've got out, She Said, I kind of, maybe, I mean, all of my song, whenever I write music, it's not always just from an influence from one artist. It's kind of like, as you can imagine, like all sorts of influences um, get added to things. Um, but yeah, kind of from Wild Nothing in this particular album definitely took away kind of... Um, an idea of kind of what I want my music to sound like and, um, you know, um, what kind of production I'd want and maybe what production I don't want as well. You know, what I don't want to write is just as important as knowing what you do want to do. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been, been an influ- definitely an influence on me. And like I said, when I do, when I listen to the album, it just, it's one of those albums that takes me back to a certain time. Um, uh, when I was living in Manchester, we used to go to a few. It was always getting played at parties as well. You know, it was like a party album. It was a fun album. It wasn't just a solitary listen. It was something me and my friends we we just go around have a few beers, put this put this album on, and it it was like a bonding experience. Can't explain it. We just all a group of friends, a small group of us. We just all loved this particular particular record. It had a really big impact on a few friends, me, myself, and a few friends of mine. I love that. Just it, it, when a record hits you at just the the exact right time. Yeah, yeah. It was like, Much like yeah. it came out a different, if it came out, came out maybe five years before or five years after, I don't know if it would have, it would have had the same impact. It just, the, the perfect album at the perfect point in my life. Um, it's hard to explain sometimes. 
Yeah, that's the beautiful part about music, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got one final question here that I just like to ask every yeah. guest here, and it's always about cover art. Yeah. Uh, so 21st century, we, um, you know, we live in a really fast paced world, but the one, you know, nice and pervasive thing, you know, when it comes to releasing any piece of music, you know, whether it's physical or digital is some type of presence of cover art that complements any release, whether it's a, a single EP full length, et cetera. Yeah. Um, when you take a look at this album cover, what kinds of images are conjured up in your mind? Um, do you think it's uh, an accurate representation, if you will, of, you know, what you're about to experience sonically? What, um, what speaks to you when you, when you look at this uh, album cover? Yeah, well, I'm looking at it right now and um, I've got this album on CD. I play this in my car. Um, I'm looking at it now and it's kind of like abstract, um, kind of like vague, maybe a hint of psychedelia. It's a it's a young woman's, well, I was assuming she's young, like woman with her lips and maybe it's like black and white, tinge of like beauty, elements of beauty. Um I don't know really. I think if Dream Pop does it have that vibe? I'm sure it does. Um, the hair's kind of like wispy, but the fact that it's like a it's a merge of two, but the same face, but from two different angles. I don't know whether to look too much into things, but um, I guess you could could say that mirrors the album vibe. I don't know personally. Yeah. Yeah, maybe this maybe this is actually uh two sets of or one set of twins <laughs> you know right yeah i'd never even really thought about that yeah i mean um it's only a couple of years later after this album i um had twins myself like gemini you know the star sign that the you know can't think of the word um you know the astral sign yeah astrological sign of twins um, and I had twins like a couple of years after this um, and they're now 11 so I don't know it's got that kind of per- real everything on this album has a real personal connection you know um, and it's one of them I think with I mean I like a lot of classic albums you know like Sgt Pepper, OK Computer kind of you know s- some of the classic albums that have been released over time uh, but with this one, it's kind of like not a lot of people heard of it, so it kind of feels a bit like it's mine, you know. Um, it's a bit personal. Um, some albums like that feel like you you kind of have, to have this attachment to it, and not a lot of people heard of it, so it's like yours in a way. It's it's a strange feeling. <laughs> I don't know if you've got similar experience with some albums definitely there's um kind of got there's a there's a band here that kind of gets classified a lot as roots americana and that would be the jayhawks are you familiar with them jayhawks no the jayhawks yeah it's a project that's right now kind of spearheaded by a guitarist and vocalist named gary loris like everything everything of just pretty much every single thing that they've ever put out has like spoken to me in some facet of my life. Like it's just consistently just beautiful and and sometimes heart wrenching songs. And just the timbre of his voice has just always just hit me just, just exactly perfectly. (laughs) That's, that's a band for me. It's one example. Yeah. It's amazing how music can uh, have that kind of effect on you. 
Um, it's a powerful thing. Yeah, I do. I just thought of another question I'd like to ask you, and that is before yeah, before we hit before we hit the record button, uh, you had mentioned that you're not only a musician but you're a teacher. Yeah. How is what what is that kind of day to day? dynamic like for you as an artist do you ever get in you know just inspired by things that happen during the course of a lecture um oh yeah definitely um, yeah like i work in a you'd call it kind of high high school i think but it's like 16 to 18 year olds so for us it's a college for you it's probably still school but um yeah i work in a college um and yeah it's interesting that's my full-time job my music can fit around it quite well. Um, I mean, in terms of like, you know, it, it's a structured, once I get my timetable, it's structured throughout the year and I know when I'm, I've got my free time type of thing. But my students just, um, when I, when they first find out that I've, uh, I've got music released and stuff, they, they absolutely love it. They think it's, <laughs> they think it's incredible, some of them. Um, and like some of them take a real interest in it and they come to my shows and sort of they come in on a Monday and say, Oh, I've been listening to music all weekend and I like this track and I love that track. And like, I'm the teacher and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so I've sometimes taken a few kind of influences from what's happened in work and from being a teacher and things, but yeah, a lot of my students are really kind of like, um, I think it's a cool thing and I don't know, um, you know, maybe it's inspiring to them. I don't know. It's not music that I teach. It's engineering. Um, so it's nothing to do with music or the arts, creative arts, which is kind of like a good thing because it's like very separate. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I don't find it kind of difficult balancing it at all. Just kind of quite in a productive, happy place. I can leave work and I can, do my music and um, sometimes they cross over, some, most of the time they don't, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's all cool. Nice. Yeah. Johnny Swift, thank you so very much for being on uh, Cover to Cover today. Greatly appreciate you having on, getting a chance to learn more about you, what inspires you, um, and congratulations on your upcoming release. Thank you. An Matt. awesome dream. Yeah. It's yes. been really nice talking to you and, uh, you know, thanks for the interview. And if you, for anyone listening, if you want to hear more of my music, just if it's digitally, you know, go on to Spotify, iTunes, usual places, YouTube. I've got a few videos out there. Um, and if it's, if you want me to send you a CD in the post, I can post one to the US or wherever you are. Um, yeah, or give me a give me a friend request on social media, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Excellent. Thank you so very much, Johnny. Great, greatly appreciate this. Thank you, Matt. Thanks again. All right. Thanks so much to all of you for taking some time to stop by the program today. For all of you listeners out there, thank you very much. And please remember to hit that subscribe button on that device in which you listen to your favorite podcasts, whether that's on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, or maybe even Amazon. Take a moment to tell a friend or tell some of your family members about our show. Let us know how much you like the show by giving us a good rating. That will certainly help us appear higher in search results. And feel free to drop us a line at hello at covertocoverconversations.com. Intro and outro music of our podcast is produced by Jarrett Nicolay at Mixtape Studios in Northern Virginia. We hope you discovered some new music. 
perhaps rekindled your love for an old forgotten song, and shared a good moment with us as we continue to sonically explore a world from cover to cover.